Shalom, 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 evening people of God. I believe you are all doing well by the special grace of God. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Shalom, everybody, shalom, shalom. I want to welcome all of you. To this evening's prophetic training, you are welcome, you are welcome, you are welcome. Wow, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus. I want to welcome everybody to this this evening's session of the prophetic training. Wherever you are, you want to lift up your voice and bless the name of the Lord for His grace, His mercies, and His protection over your life. Wherever you are, just lift up your voice, begin to bless the name of the Lord right now. Father, we exalt you, we give you praise and the glory. We honor you tonight in Jesus' precious mighty name. There is none that can be compared unto thee. Take your glory, Lord. Take your glory, Lord. Take your glory, Lord. Take your glory, Lord. We exalt you, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. We exalt you. We exalt you. Be thou glorified, O Lord. We exalt you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Father, we exalt you. We honor you. Blessed Father, we give you praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus, have your way, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Lift up your voice wherever you are. Begin to bless the name of the Lord. Mighty God, we exalt you. We give you praise and the glory. Father, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you all the glory. We honor you, mighty God, we honor you, mighty God. Thank you, Father, thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Ancient of days, we exalt you, we glorify your holy name, Lord. It is yet another moment, Father, that your children have gathered before thee. We pray in Jesus' precious mighty name that it is before thee that we have come and under your feet have we bowed. We pray in Jesus' precious mighty name that tonight will be another moment, Lord, that you will open the heavens above us. Show us the way in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I ask, Blessed Father, 
that it will stretch forth your mighty hand upon us. Your word is already anointed, therefore let your word come forth with power, that it might impart grace even into your listeners. In the name of Jesus, we declare anything that will rise against the power and the move of your word, tonight send forth your angel to bury that evil thing in Jesus' precious mighty name. Anybody here under the sound of my voice, under the influence of your spirit, that must be delivered from the shackles of the enemy. Tonight I pray that you will deliver them according to your will. In the name of the Lord Jesus, have your way tonight and let your name alone be glorified. Even in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God. I'm so excited to have everybody here. I believe that tonight is also another moment that the Lord God Almighty is going to be a great blessing to our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I welcome everybody here. There is prophetic training and on this altar, the Lord opens dimensions of his spirit unto us and he teaches us how to walk according to his will and precepts. And I believe that Tonight is not going to be an exception. The Lord will be a great blessing to us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. All right. We bless God. We bless God. We bless God. Okay. The Lord would have me talk about something very, very, very spiritual and a very, very deep mystical truth. In the word of God that a lot of people don't really understand and um, I will talk about it this evening I'm going to lay the foundation of it we are going to complete it God willing tomorrow all right no problem no problem um, God willing tomorrow we are going to complete um, what I want to talk about this evening I'm just going to lay foundations and uh, I'll talk about some few things that will cause us to understand our live foundation and also you know build some pillars so that god will in tomorrow we will build the entire house and um you know furnish everything by the special grace of god and after that we are actually going to embark because this is a practical teaching we are going to embark on the practical dimension of it i'm telling you i am telling you with your eyes you hear of strange testimonies that you have never experienced before so get ready just do exactly as the lord tells us to do just obey the voice of the lord and that is going to be the beginning of your testimonies in jesus mighty name amen all right you know you've understood anytime um, I'm, I'm actually teaching by the special grace of God. I give an opportunity for people to actually um, ask a question before I move on um, to what I want to really talk about. So today also not being an exception, I want to. I think and then I don't know what I've eaten. Hey, same
<laughs> Glory to Jesus. Amen. Eh, smooth, ma. Masha doesn't come back and so and come with a broom broom this year. Eh, Bless God. I think I ate my favorite food. That is why the spirit is really moving. You know. Yeah, I ate my favorite food. So he's actually acting upon what I've eaten to move mightly. It is always good to eat your favorite food if you are not in the moment of fasting. But if you are fasting, your favorite food is actually an abomination. Yeah. You know, I give all the credit to my beloved wife. Yeah, that is why it is always good to marry. You know, some of you bachelors and spinsters. Why we kill it with the sun? You see? You see what's happening to your teeth? Right now you've gone for teeth whitening. Still, it's not working. May God help us this evening. <laughs> you, you will know that the moment you marry, the spirit of Kelewele will leave you and you will not be in the bondage of that woman at the junction again. The Lord will help us. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. All right, so, <laughs> um, I've actually opened the floor. Uh, my daughter is here, Mrs. Blankson. How are you doing? My regards to Mr. Blankson. God bless you. Eh? This night, I will visit you in your dreams. Eh? It's either yourself or your husband, by the special grace of God, and. The Lord will open a door for you. All right. Okay, so the floor is open. Any um any question? Any question you want to ask, you can ask any question about the scriptures, about um, normal life. You can ask any question in this world. If I'm in the capacity to answer by the special grace of God, I will. If I am not in the capacity to, I will tell you, because I don't know all things. It is only the Lord God Almighty. All right, so any question? Can you all hear me, please? Okay, good. Somebody said, is it difficult to see your angel? It depends. It depends. If I try to go into that, it will take a whole lot of... Um, there are some people, they will never see their angels, but they work with them. 
we are actually working with our angels that we have not even seen. Everything in this kingdom is by faith. So let's understand that faith first. Good. So some will not have the opportunity to see the the angels, but they are they are sure and they are aware of them that they are with them. Sure. So that is the most important thing that you, your faith is what you need. Your faith is greater than your spiritual sight or the ability to see in the realm of the spirit. That is because faith in itself is actually a spiritual sight. That is what you have to understand. Good. Apostolic Bishop Charles, God bless you. I hope everyone is doing well. Okay, somebody said, Prophet, please, why is it that nowadays after prayer, when I went, I, uh, so when I go to bed, some lights keep flashing over my, okay, I'm not really getting it well. Just some lights keep flashing over. Okay, you have to pray well and, and tell God that if it is anything godly, He should reveal it to you. You see, one of the things that um, spirits, I'm showing you one of the secrets to actually um, cause the spirit to manifest itself. Let me tell you something. Spirits are actually, you know, boastful. You get it. When I say boastful, I'm talking about like, you know, especially ungodly spirits. They love to talk more about themselves and what they can do. You get it. So, anytime you dare a spirit, it will manifest quickly. Let's say you are in a room, a spirit enters, but he has not revealed himself. Because a spirit can enter a room and still hide. You might be picking certain signals, but you will not really know. What you would have to do at that moment is to dare that spirit. If you know you are strong, if you know you are this, why don't you show yourself? You see those kind of things? And when spirits hear that, ah, it's, it's, it's a daring. They will, they will manifest right now to prove that they are strong. Can you all hear me? Great. So that is it. So you have to dare a spirit before it will really manifest for you to um, 
to see. So pray to God and tell God to, if it is a godly experience, He should actually let it manifest. Yeah. And when the thing manifests that same way again, after you have detected that it is godly, there, because it could be an angel of the Lord, dare Him to appear and He will. Alright, any other question? Someone said, what is the meaning of apostolic mantle? It's a big thing. If I try to talk about that one, it will take me into ministries. And that one, I think I have to write a book on that. Because if I touch on it small, I will confuse you the more. <laughs> Someone said, Daddy, please, are homosexuals manipulated by evil spirits? Not all of them. But most of them. Someone said, When I ask a question, you don't answer me. Oh, really? I'm sorry. Then I didn't see your, your question. Kindly ask again why I beg. So, apostolic mantle is a big thing. I'll try and touch on it, but so I'll try and touch on it. Yeah. We all know the fivefold ministries. And um they are actually ministerial <clears throat> dimensions that God has actually called certain people into on the mountain of religion. And um each of them starts with a calling. Before somebody can become a prophet, he must first be called by God. And after he has been called, God will now deliver the message that he's supposed to bring to the earth to him. So, God will now call the person after he has been called. God will ordain the person with a mandate and with a message. Then God will put what we call the mantle on the person. The mantle is supposed to be the strength or the power that will back the person as he comes to the earth to fulfill that assignment. So basically that is it. Basically. Because it's a whole message on its own. Basically. So anybody that is an apostle carries a mantle. That mantle is the power of the spirit that backs that ministry. But before you can receive a mantle, you have to first be called by God. God must now teach you what you are supposed to come and fulfill. Because all apostles are not the same. It will let you know that even the apostolic mantle differs. Based on the kind of mandate and message God has given you, your mantle differs. Because there are some apostles, they are called to specific local churches. But some apostles are global apostolic people. 
you have to understand that the one that is global would have a, a specific mantle that will back it. And the one that is just in the local church also have a specific mantle. So the mantle actually is the power that is backing the mandate God has given you. And when God gives you that mandate, every mandate has a message. And when you begin to declare that message, the message becomes a reality. It is actually the mantle, which is the power that is backing, that causes the message you are preaching from your mandate a reality. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. It's a whole lot, but basically that is just the meaning. So basically, an apostolic mantle is the power of the spirit that backs an apostolic ministry. That is it. Okay, somebody else is uh, so Mrs. Blankson, all homosexuals are not backed by um evil spirits because everybody can decide to be a homosexual. It is a decision, you can decide it. And a spirit too can influence you to do it. The same way you left that lady and said it's over. It is the same way you can say, I will be a homosexual. As for me, I will chop the bottles of men as, an, as a man. It's a decision. It can be influenced by negative spirits. It can come out of your own self too. You get it? So not all of them, but about 95% of homosexuals are, are influenced by spirits. Because there's no human being that is there that will just decide that I will be a homosexual. Except a whole lot of things have gone on. Just the 5% are those that decide according to their own will to become homosexuals. And even those people who know what they have seen. God bless you, Apostolic Bishop. The Lord bless you. We will keep in touch. God bless you. Okay. So did you did you get that? So lady, is it lady anchor or answer? Please you can you can send your question again, okay? Okay, Royal Lizzie said, Baba, please I want to know that. Is it true that death is a journey? And if it is true, when someone dies and the person didn't receive Christ as his Lord and personal savior, and he or she dies, where do they go? Okay. <laughs> I love this question. Okay. Um, truly indeed. If that brothel Amakana is a proper brothel there. How can you say truly and say indeed to me? Please can you all hear me? Great, great, great. Good. So now let me let me touch on it. Now death actually is a journey. Death is a journey. Put that at the back of your mind. Believers, we have been brought up in a way that we actually don't understand what death is. 
have taught on death several times. I don't want to go into it. It will take much more of our time. If you go to Podbean, I have most of my, like some of the messages I spoke on death. You can download it and listen. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to know is that death actually is a journey. Anytime you hear of a journey, it means it is not a destination. It's a pathway. You get it. So once a person dies, many of you think, especially we the believers, when we're growing up, we thought that the only thing that exists in this world that God has created is heaven and hell and earth. So once you leave the earth, it is either you are going to heaven or you are going to hell. So we actually make the whole world revolve around three, three, three places, heaven, hell, and the earth. So we only think that the one that is, is just human beings on the earth, God and angels in heaven, Satan and demons in hell. What kind of low knowledge is that one? If that is all we have in our minds, we have been deceived and we are actually still in the moment of deception. Because this whole world is a big world. And you have forgotten to read the scriptures. Because if you read the Bible, the Bible teaches plenty things than what we think we know. And we have believed. Okay, lady, lady, answer. I will, I will answer your question, okay? Um, I've marked it. I will answer it. You see, so death, I told you the other time that death is a place, death is a realm, and death is a person. So let's have this understanding. Let's read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7. You can post it here quickly. Okay, I get it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. Somebody should post it here quickly. Good. The word of God said, this is actually an... Um, when a man dies, what actually happens? We all know that man is made up of three dimensions, the spirit, the soul, and the body. The spirit, the soul, and the body. Now, when a man dies, this is what happens to him. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. The Bible said, and the dust returns to the ground it came from. And when we hear of dust, you have to understand what the Bible said in Genesis 2, 7. That in God took the dust of the ground to form man. That was the man's body. So when a man dies, your body which was made of dust will go back to the earth, which is the dust. And he said, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Then your spirit will go to God. This one is not for Christians. It is for every man. Whether you are a Buddhist, 
whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Christian, no matter who you are, when you die, your body will go to the earth because it was taken from the earth. And your spirit will go to God because God was the one that gave your spirit. Then the rest, have you realized that the soul was not mentioned here? Are you following, please? Good. So as for your body and your spirit, when you die, it will go to the, the earth. No matter what they do to your body. Whether they did cremation on you, that is, they, you, they bent your body into ashes. Or you were, you were swallowed by a fish. Or you were you. You drowned in the sea. No matter what happens to your body, it goes to the earth. So if God is actually looking for your body, he will call the earth and demand your body from her. And definitely the earth will give your body to God. You don't get missing on this earth. Not at all. No matter where you try to hide, earth herself is watching you. You can't hide because you're already in here. You can't hide in here. Put that at the back of your mind. So your body will go to the earth. Your spirit will go to God. Then your soul is the one that will go through the moment of judgment. Because everything a man is doing on this earth is in the account of your soul. You get it everything. So once a man dies, quickly the body goes to the earth, the spirit goes to God. Then the soul is the one that gets out of the man. And wherever the soul's eyes open to see itself, you start going through the journeys. So based on what you have done, whether you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or not, it, it will now be determined. Your soul will now know where to go based on the kind of life you lived, whether in Christ or outside Christ. And now, when a man is outside Christ, or a man that did not believe in Jesus Christ dies, his spirit will go to God. His body will go to the earth. Then his soul will now travel according to the kind of darkness that was in him. Because when a man believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, then the Lord resides in the man. He actually is the light. So every man, when you die, you appear at the level of light or darkness that is found in you. Then you have to know that you have the realm of light and the realm of darkness. The realm of darkness is the place we call hell. And the realm of light is the place we call heaven. When you even go to hell, hell is in compartments. Hell is not a place where fire is burning. It is not true. It is just a place that is lacking light. I don't know if you are all with me. Hell is not where fire is, is you know, a dead, dead, boom, 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 no bishop. There's nothing like that. All those nonsense movies you've been watching, 
It is not true. There is nothing like that. I wish God would take you there for you to see. It just, the only fire that there is is the lake of fire. And that one, crown hell, hell itself, or let me see, herself, will be thrown into it. Even hell will be judged by the lake of fire. It is not a place for judgment. Hell is just a place for a man to discover what he did wrong. If I, if I can say it for you to understand, hell is a school we learn. Heaven is a school we learn. Are you following? Good. Hell is a place without light because in the realm of the spirit, the way God made things, the source of life of every soul must be light. The same way if you begin to the same way the source of physical life to your body is actually oxygen. So the moment your, your body is deprived of oxygen, you, you suffocate and you die. That is how the soul of man is. The, the, the life source of a man's soul is light. So once you are hidden in the realm of hell, and that place is also a place without light, it means you are being suffocated. That is the torment that you go through. Hell is in dimensions. Put this at the back of your mind. I want to say this and I will say it again. Where demons are in hell is not where everybody that does not believe in Jesus will go. It is not true. That when you die and you go to hell, you go and meet Satan and demons there. Sure, there are people in hell, Satan doesn't even know them. I wish I could break things down for you to understand. Life after death is a whole teaching on its own. Let's understand this. Hell does not belong to Satan. Put this at the back of your mind. It does not belong to Satan. It does not belong to Satan. Let me open up a scripture for you to understand. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. 
Okay, this is what David said. Psalm 139 verse 8. David said, let's read from verse 7. One, Psalm 139 verse 7 and 8. David said, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Verse 8. If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. <laughs> I love that. The NLT says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. So, according to this scripture, God is in heaven, God is in hell. Are you getting this? Can you all hear me, please? Good. So you see, David said, if I climb up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to hell, that place too, you are there. So where is God? Where is God? The King James says, if I lay my bed in hell, behold, <laughs> thou art there. Where then is God? This will give you an understanding that hell does not belong to Satan. Not at all. In fact, hell is just a hiding place. It is the place that housed Satan. A place that based on his rebellion when he came to the earth he actually used his wicked ways to form for himself and for his cohorts so even satan in particular when you go to hell the same way the holy ghost is moving around on this earth fulfilling an assignment satan is also moving around fulfilling his assignment he does not have a permanent stay in hell and i wish we could all have understanding about what hell is but no matter how i explain until you see it for yourself you might not understand it but just get that anybody that did not believe in the lord jesus christ when he dies he goes to hell but that person goes to hell, to a different realm of hell from the one that was into occultism. Psalm 139 verse 7 and 8. Somebody is into occultism. He has killed plenty of people. He has used human blood for sacrifices. This, this. And a person who was just an atheist, both of them will die. They will never go to the same place. It's not true. Even in heaven, 
whether you have just believed in the Lord Jesus today and the one that has done amazing things for God, both of you when you die, you will never appear at the same place in heaven. Put that down. There are rankings. The people that will be so close to the wicked demons are those that have worked with the demons once on earth. There are people that have shed human blood, people that have eaten human flesh, people that have done worse things for the devil, people that have themselves turned to demons even though they were born by human beings. When those ones die, they join the demons. In fact, there are people that came to the earth, they did not even die. They did evil to a point where the enemy sealed them. He warned their soul to himself and he has a seal on them as demons. So when demons are being sent by the devil to attack, they send those ones too. They were human beings born by women like us. They have turned to demons actually. So when these ones die, they have a place with the demons in hell. They won't join with those people that did not just believe in Jesus. Some people did not just believe in Jesus. They said, oh, there's no God, there's no God, they died. When those ones go there, some of them, if they had received a little light, they would have known the Lord Jesus and they would have believed. And that realm, that's why there are people, when they go to hell, they will easily repent. Not everybody will repent when they go to hell. Some people, when, once they enter hell, they become more wicked. If you like bring them out, you see, it is like prison. There are some people, if you can arrest them, put them in prison for 200 years, when you bring them out, they will do worse than what they did. That is how, so hell is just like prison. Hell is a prison. And the mentality of the, the main reason why prisons were actually made was that it should train people that have worked evil to change. That is the main reason why they, they made prisons. That is the mentality behind hell. Satan is not the owner of hell. Hell is a school that man has chosen to go to so that he will learn. So put this at the back of your mind. God is not the one that sends people to hell. The people that go to hell themselves have chosen to go to hell by their way of life. That is why at the end of all things, everything that has gone to hell, God will take that thing out of hell and judge hell herself. Because even hell, as a place that God made, not as hell, has allowed herself to be inhabited by Lucifer and his cohorts. You say, Daddy, please, what of those who die and go somewhere else to start life? Good. When we talk about the matters of death, plenty. You see, when a man is living on this earth, you can subject your soul to any, any deity that you want. 
So as I'm talking to you right now, there are people who are Buddhists. And because they have subjected their souls to Buddha, Buddha has absolutely, based on legal terms and conditions, Buddha has an absolute legal right to show them where their souls are going. In fact, Buddha cannot determine when they will die. Go and ask those scammers. When they are going for money, what they do is that they exchange their souls for the money. So at that point, their souls are in the hands of the God that is on that altar giving them the money. Once you go against the terms and conditions of that God, He can kill you. Because at that time, your soul is already in His hands. And when that God kills you, understand that it is that God that will show where your soul will go after death. That is when you will be able, you will have to know who you subject your soul to. So when a believer dies, it is Jesus whom his soul has believed that will show him where his soul will belong to. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So there are those, when they die, the kind of spirits they have subjected themselves to have ways and means to let them come back to this earth. It is a reality. I think I've taught on that before. It's a reality. There are people on this earth, they are not human beings. Some people were not getting babies. So they went to um, a river and they said, I've been looking for a baby, so I'm not getting. And the river said, I'm going to give you a baby. Where did the river get that baby from? And after one year, the person had delivered. Now, that child that the river gave to the person is not just, is not a pure human being, no matter how you see the child. Those ones, when they come into your family, when I was open, so you see, those ones, they they can they don't just die a normal death like everybody no they call them home so there are certain spirits let's talk about maybe antoine for instance when you go to the antoine river one of whom say it is just a river that is there but it is actually a town i'm not talking about the town called i'm talking about the river itself it is a town where antoine actually lives with his people he is the king of that town which is inside the river. And Antoine has many children. So if you go to Antoine right now and ask for a child, Antoine can pick any of the children in his kingdom and put that child in your womb. They have ways and means of doing that. That is why they will give a direction to the woman that is looking for that fruit of the womb. That direction will pave the way for the spirit of that small child in that river to come and reside in your womb. You can't kill that Usuba like a normal human being. No. No matter what happens to them, they return to that river. And when they return, they can go back to another place. Because if another woman comes for them, for a baby, 
Antoine can give that same spirit to that woman. So there are people who will die here and they will be born somewhere else. And it is as a result of certain、um, spiritual activities going on. Let's put that at the back of our minds. No, no human body, no human being that is a normal human being that serves the Lord Jesus Christ will die and appear somewhere else to live. Except there is a, a, a short purpose that God wants that being to fulfill. It is a reality also. So put that at the back of your mind. I don't know if you're all getting what I'm saying. If you have asked the question and have not seen that question to answer, kindly repost it. Within a short while, I will talk about. Say, Daddy, please, is ghost real? Yes, there are ghosts. Let me give you an example. The moment a person dies, the car s a y s Mrs. Yeah, can I? Someone said, please, is reincarnation evil or good? It depends on the kind of God or deity that is bringing back the soul. Because God Himself, He can cause reincarnation, but it doesn't happen like that. Let me explain what I mean. Do you know that Elijah? Who died? Elijah the prophet. A time came. Malachi the prophet said that God said he would send the prophet Elijah to us before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. The book of Malachi. I want to give an example. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Somebody should post it here quickly. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Good. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day. At this time, Elijah had already died. He had been taken by the.、Um, um, he, he had been taken by the chariot a long time to heaven. But God said, he, he spoke through his prophet Malachi that he would send Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the Lord. That means that before Jesus Christ comes, Elijah must come. And he went further to say, when you read the next verse, verse 6, post the verse 6. Good, he said, 
Listen, when Elijah comes, he, what he will do is he, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their father, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So this is the reason why Elijah will be coming. So Elijah will be coming again. How will Elijah come? Now, when we read the book of Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible said that the multitudes and the disciples actually went to Jesus. And when they went to Jesus, they asked Jesus plenty of questions. They asked that, um, Rabbi, it has been said by your prophet Malachi that before you come, a certain Elijah must come before your day. And I don't know, we don't know, we did not see any Elijah anywhere. Because as for the Elijah we have heard of, when he comes, he is the one that will command fire from heaven. We did not see anybody like that before your coming. What then do you have to say about that? Are you sure that this prophecy was real from you? And this is what Jesus had to say. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. He said, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Verse 13, he said, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Then the last verse, he said, And if you will receive it, this is Elijah which was to come. Look at that. Jesus said, From the day of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And it is the violent that shall take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. And if only you can take what I'm about to say because it is vague. If only you can take it. This John the Baptist actually is the Elijah that Malachi prophesied about. Wow. How did he come? When we read the book of Luke, chapter 1, the Bible said there was a certain man who was a priest by name Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. And the woman was barren without a child. And one day when the man was in the temple burning incense unto God, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Your wife is going to take seed. And he shall give birth, and his son shall be called John. He will come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he said, when he comes, Luke chapter 1 verse 17, he said, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Do you remember what Malachi prophesied about? So, John the Baptist actually was a reincarnation of Elijah. Are you getting the picture now? So we have godly reincarnation and ungodly reincarnation. 
any incarnation from the side of God is deeply on a purpose and it does not happen like that. Even when angels manifest in the form of man, it is actually an incarnation. Seth and Abel were two different beings. Abel died, Seth came. They were not the same at all. The Bible would have said it. Anytime somebody is reincarnated, the new person had actually come in the spirit of, because it might not necessarily be the same face, but it is a reincarnation. Understand that. Good. I don't, are we all getting it? Don't let anybody deceive you. It is possible for a heavenly being. Someone say, man of God, please, I don't get it. What don't you get? Please, what don't you get? I'm not, what are you not getting? Because I've said plenty things. Okay, let me take the last two questions. Then I, I lay the foundation of what I want to talk about this evening. If you have asked the question and I didn't see, kindly pardon me and um, resend it. Okay, somebody said, Hello, man of God, I was at the kitchen some time ago washing dishes and I saw my uncle in a clerical meaning the calling of God. It was recently confirmed by another man of God. But my problem is, sometimes I pray and believe in God to open my eyes and I don't see anything. Because with the kitchen experience, I wasn't praying, but all of a sudden I saw a flash. Keep praying, the time will come. Keep praying. Our problem is we time God. Mm -hmm. That don't have Lord, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying, so show me. And we actually, we have given God time. If you don't show me God, if you don't show me, I will show myself. <laughs> so please, take your time. Let God do things according to his own. Um, especially seeing visions take time. Yeah, they take time. So, Alright, someone said, what does this scripture mean? John 12, 32. And if I be lifted up, from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. You see, one of the things about scriptures is that if you pick one out of the whole context, you will misconstrue the whole meaning. Because this one was a saying of Jesus. They were in line. He was saying plenty things. So you would have to know the context of his message before you can pick any out of them because as this one is just here like this everybody can get different meanings for it but if it is fixed into a context we will now know what he was talking about and the original meaning will just come out clearly like that you get what i mean and most of the time that is our problem as believers too we can't read the scripture full until 
especially our morning devotion. We wake up Zira today. Um, see, 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 see that I go. No, be one to be now. The book of Zechariah, or the Messiah, or kind three verses, not the one verse at 23. You know, even in an IRF. You will never grow spiritually if you are like that type. I'm telling you, because understanding scriptures, you need to sit down. What about the times when the Bible was not divided into um, chapters and verses? It was just this 1500 that the Bible was divided into chapters and verses. That means before that time, nobody could say to them, reading only one verse. I'm putting one verse in my mind. With verse, there is nothing like verse. There's nothing like chapter. So if you are reading... You are reading the whole thing. Are you getting it? Somebody said, what is the difference between a spirit and a ghost? Are they the same? They are not the same. They are not the same. Trying to understand the King James Version speaks of a different kind of English from our time now. So if you want to link it, you get confused. You get it. It is in the King James Version that the Holy Spirit is called Holy Ghost. And from that dimension, what the King James is trying to let us know is that Holy Spirit is the same as Holy Ghost, making spirit and ghost the same, but they are necessarily not the same. Because ghost is different from spirit. A ghost is not a spirit. A ghost is a soul that has departed from the body in death. Are you with me? Now, the thing is, when a human being dies, a lot of things go on. The first thing is that when a human being dies, it takes four days before the body begins to rot. Oh, I've said plenty of things on John the Baptist and Elijah. I can't go back. I beg. When we are done, I will upload so that you can go and download it and listen. I beg you. When a, a person dies, the Jordan Spirit, man of God, God bless you. How are you? Man of God, Francis. So far, salute. God bless you. See, so the moment somebody dies, the body of the person gets rotten within four days. And when the body starts to rot, that is when the soul actually is sent out of the jurisdiction of the body to where it is supposed to be. Amen. God bless you, sir. Thank you very much. 
Are you all getting me, please? Good. I'm about to say something very big. I'm about to say something very big. So listen to me. The moment somebody dies, it takes four days for the soul to exit the body totally and start the journey of death. That means in the period of four days, the body can the soul can enter back into the body. But if there is no way for the soul to enter back into the body within that period of four days, it can it can move. It can reveal himself to somebody in a dream. It can do a whole lot of things to let people know what is going on. It is possible. That is why when Lazarus died, and it was four days, they said that he stays. And that was the time that nobody thought he could come back. But Jesus brought him back to life. There's a mechanism that actually went on, which I cannot talk about. But the thing is, <clears throat> when a person starts the journey of death, after the four days have passed, something still happens, else the person will never get to the destination. The person will become a slave in a whole lot of realms. Except God intervenes, because God can intervene at any time. That is up to God. Can I say it? Okay. Hmm. It will sound weird in the ears of many people, but let me say it as it is. I told you after four days, the man starts the journey of death. It's a long journey. It's a long journey. But what actually causes the man to end at his destination quickly is when the person is buried quickly. What am I saying? If you die and you are not buried, your soul suffers a lot in the realm of death. That is why we don't put somebody in the fridge ah, for three months, five months, and the person is in the... You are this, you are, you are, if you know what you are doing to the person's soul, eh, can you, you stop? That is why Muslims, once you die, they check some few things, ah, you are gone, they will go and bury you right now. that at the back of your mind. Burying is a very, very, very serious spiritual activity.
So they said they have been burying people alive. Yeah, they do. It's the quickest way. You want to die? It's so quick. <laughs> All right. I think there are some few questions here too. Let me touch on them before I move on to them. So I'm just laying a foundation of. Okay. I think I've touched on them. Okay. All right. That's great. If there is no other question, then let me lay the foundation of my message. Alright, we have been talking about the mysteries of the kingdom of God and I've told you that this kingdom that we are in thrives on mysteries and if you are not able to demystify or decode any mystery in our kingdom you are not entitled to enjoy certain things because there are blessings attached to every mystery once you are able to decode the mystery, you will experience and enjoy the blessing. And I told you that there are 12 main mysteries of the kingdom of God. 12 main mysteries of the kingdom of God. And we listed all of them. But among the 12 main mysteries of the kingdom of God, one, this evening I want to talk about one of the mysteries, but it's not actually, um, it's not actually one of the main, it is actually separated, it is part of one of them, but not entirely one. I believe you are getting what I'm saying. So, if you pick one of the 12 main mysteries of the kingdom, inside that one, you find another mystery. And that is what I want to talk about. It is called the mystery of feet washing. The mystery of feet washing. I told you that this month I'm going to get a chance by the special grace of God to teach on feet washing so that we will actually um, walk in the practical dimension of it. And the Lord through that will do amazing things in our lives. Today I'm going to lay the foundation and God willing tomorrow I will complete it. And um, at this night priesthood time, I will let you know what we are supposed to do um, God willing tomorrow. When we are coming either for lunch prayer fire or priesthood time. Are you with me? Great. The mystery of feet washing. Now, one of the things I want you to understand is that as your human body is like this, God bless you, man of God, Francis, God bless you. Every part of your human body represents something. Every part of your human body represents something about your life. Your head 
represents destiny as a whole. Your head. Every part of your human body represents something in your life. You have to understand. And let me give you some few examples. I told you the other time when we were talking about matters of the soul that even your head, the shape of your head can say a lot about your destiny. The shape of your head. If you understand, you understand. If you don't, you don't. Some of you, because of your hair, you don't even know the shape of your head. Bosakura, destiny na Amen. Some of you, your forehead, your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> we look at your forehead, power forehead nation. Serious. Can you all hear me, please? Good. There is nothing about your body that is a mistake. You have to understand that. If you are taking care of your body, take care of it well and spiritually. Are you with me? Good. Now, so your head actually is a symbol of your destiny. That is why I told you that every destiny has what we call a crown. Every destiny has a crown. And where do we put crowns? On the head. So, anybody that is attacking your destiny will first attack your crown. And that crown is called the victor's crown. So, the word of God said in the book of Revelation that... I think Revelation chapter 3. He said, verse 11, Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. He said, Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take your crown. What you have, hold it fast so that no man will take your crown. Because there are men. Who are crown takers assigned to take your crown your crown is your reward 
Are you with me? Good. Now, let's read something from the book of Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1. Isaiah 66, verse 1. No, it's Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, rather. 3, 11. Good. Isaiah 66, verse 1. Listen to what God said. That said the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye built unto me? And where is the place of my rest? That said the Lord, the heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build? You let's stay here. The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. The question is, what is the meaning of footstool? The human leg, the feet of a man, is a symbol of dominion. The feet of a man is the symbol. Of dominion. And listen to this. The, the main reason why God actually made man was that he would have dominion. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. And God said, heaven is my throne, the earth is my force too. What is he trying to say? It is on the earth that I have my dominion. I exert my dominion on the earth. Having something under your feet actually means that you have dominion over that thing. So the word of God says that Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. Waiting for him to take dominion over all his enemies and the bible said the last enemy that must be conquered is death so until man has dominion over death the assignment of jesus has not really been completed because man who is the church is also a part of the body of christ so christ is seated in the heavens on the right hand of the father waiting for his enemies which include hell death and all the others to be made his footstool and that assignment will be fulfilled by man people of god i want you to know this <clears throat> you have to get dominion over every area every faculty every department of your life your feet 
It's a symbol of your authority over things. It's your symbol of dominion over things. I'm laying the foundation this evening. God willing, tomorrow I'm going to go into details and build the entire house. Now let's understand this. There are so many mystical things about feet washing that must be understood. Do you know that all your ten tools, they actually have a link to all the parts of your body? Do you know? Haven't you heard that the massaging of the feet can even heal the eyes? Haven't you heard that there are people, they have certain inner, inner issues when you go into their um, deep inside their bodies, they have certain problems in part of the organs. Once a part of their toes is actually massaged, they get healed. Can you all hear me, please? Good. So understand that every part of the human body is linked to the feet. All your ten tools actually have a link with all the parts of your body. There are certain people when they are having issues with their eyes, they don't go for eye drop. They go and massage the toe that is linked to the eyes. And after three days, they see a massive improvement. These are some of the things that the Chinese have understanding into. And it is helping them. These guys can live for long because they have understand they have understanding into all these things but if you are teaching the church they will say hey, you are not preaching from the bible what are you saying and when they are dying we that they say we are not preaching from the bible will still be alive are you following Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. The word of God said, Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Sorry, verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Hmm. Ponder the path of thy feet 
Let's take it from other versions. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Good. NIV says, Give careful thought to the paths for your feet, and be steadfast in your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. New Living Translation says, Mark out a straight path for your feet. <laughs> Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Web says that, Make the path of your feet level. Let all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right hand nor to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Amplified says, Consider well and watch carefully the path of your feet, and all your ways will be steadfast and sure. Do not turn away to the right nor to the left, where evil may lurk. Turn your foot from the path of evil. Now, what is this scripture telling us? The word of God is trying to let us know that wherever you tread, your feet actually is a symbol of dominion. So if you put your foot in evil, you will be dominated by evil. Are you, are you following? And if the enemy wants to have the quickest dominion over a person's life, the fastest way to get it is by picking the sand from the person's feet. Because that thing can be a great blessing, it can also be a great curse. Are you following? The word of God even said, God told his prophets that when you go to any home and they do not receive you, is a sign of a curse. But when you go and they accept you, let your blessing be in that house. Hmm. Exactly. That is what God told Joshua. Now, let's follow what Jesus actually did. Today we are just laying foundations. God willing, tomorrow we'll go deep and settle the matter. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Let's read from verse 4 downwards. 
John chapter 14, chapter 13, sorry, verse 4 downwards. The Bible said, He riseth from supper and laid aside his garment, that is Jesus, and took a towel and girded himself. After, let me read from a version that we all can understand. The Bible said, Therefore he got up from the table, removed his outer robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water in a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Verse 7, let's go. The NLT, verse 7. Verse 7 to... Good. Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. <laughs> I love that. You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. You might not have full understanding about feet washing. Because of that, you might have a lot of... Even Peter himself did not understand. The Bible said, verse 8, No, Peter protested. Peter did not want to do that. You will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Hey! <laughs> Unless Peter allows Jesus to wash his feet, he is not part of Jesus. Look at that. The way we said it, it is the same thing Peter said. The Bible said, Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well, O Lord, not just my feet. <laughs> Look at what Peter, you see? Who said that no one is an idiot? Any rabbit garden is proper. Bible said Jesus replied, "A person who has bathed all over does not need wash except for the feet." Hmm. Is somebody getting what is going on here? Jesus said, "Even if you have bathed, what garden are you near garden? But as for your feet." Mm, 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 mm. I wish somebody can catch what I'm what what God is trying to. Huh? Let me tell you something. <laughs> there is something so special about feet washing to the extent that even if you have bathed, you still need to wash your feet. Even if you have bath, you have used all kinds of some of you, you, you use um, detergent to bath, detergent, you use so clean, you use clean soft. So if you use dettol or manache, white, no matter what you use, still you need to wash your feet. <laughs> I don't know of US detergent, but at least Ghana we know of dettol, we know of you know. Some of you use um, Zuma Blues to bath.
The understanding is here. Why did Peter now say, Hey Lord, then bath me, wash my hands, my head, and everything? It was because Jesus said, If you if I don't wash your feet, you don't belong to me. So there is a certain dimension of belonging to the Lord that comes out of feet washing. Very, very spiritual and heavy. The devil will always stand against this. I'm telling you, the devil, he will all, eh? the devil, the dominion, you see, feet washing actually is a sign that what God, the reason why God made man is about to be established in another. God made man for dominion. Your feet is a symbol of dominion. Washing your feet means that you are rising up in dominion. It, is, it actually means you are going back to the original purpose for which God made you. The devil will fight. Because when Jesus came, Jesus was the one that was supposed to bring us back to the realm of dominion where the devil took us from. And the devil attempted to destroy Jesus. So he will fight against anything that will let you have dominion over him. He doesn't like it. He, he doesn't like it. He, he will, even if it is about taking you, taking your life, he will. So that you will never rule over him. That is why Jesus told Peter, you don't know what you are talking, what I'm about, what I'm doing to you. You don't understand it today, but someday. And if you read that verse, it was right after the washing of the feet of the disciples, Jesus sent them to go into town. Come and see casting out of devils. Come and see healings that were manifested through the hands of these apostles. They were not yet apostles. They were disciples. They did massive things for God. And when they came back, they said, Lord Jesus, today it was massive. We have never seen all these kind of deliverances. We have never heard of these kind of healings. We have never seen such things. That is when Peter understood what Jesus was actually saying. Are you with me? Feet washing. Hey, what is it that you want to do? And listen. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus fetched water and poured it in a basin. And he took a towel and he, he started washing the feet of the disciples he started washing the feet and everybody allowed him once he got to peter you see i love peter because had it not been peter this mystery wouldn't have been revealed by jesus he was the one that asked ah, lord you want to wash my feet like how you, you want to wash my feet you the lord jesus that we are all following why Jesus said, you don't understand what I'm, I'm doing now, but later you will. But he said, no, 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 no. Even if I will understand later, crap, no, 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 no. 
That was when Jesus said, Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, you will not belong to me. Then he said, Hey, then wash my hands, my, my head, and every part of me. Then Jesus said, Even if a man washes himself, he is not clean except he has washed the feet. <clears throat> Peter said, Okay, then wash. He understood there is a sense of belonging when the feet of a man is washed. And listen, let me open your eyes. A man's feet, because can I can I say something here? Good. Because every part of your life has a symbol for it every part of your life has a symbol for it i told you when we were taking the honey that what is this the honey is a symbol honey and milk is actually a symbol of wealth good understand that Feet washing is not only done with water. Don't get it. Don't get me um, misconstrued. It is not only with water, but all, let me say about 98% with water because water is something which I'll teach later. Let me, Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 33, verse 24. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 24. He said, And of Asha he said, Let Asha be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren, and let him dip his foot in oil, in oil, in oil. You can wash your feet with oil. And when a man is washing his feet with oil, the one that washes your feet is actually the one that decodes a lot of things for you to have dominion over. You can wash your feet with milk. You can wash your feet with honey. But basically, the feet of man is washed with water. Something is already kicking in my spirit. Hey. God willing, tomorrow, after we are done with this direction, yay! Some of you will go out there, you will lay hands on blind eyes, they will see, you will be shocked. You will be shocked. You will record videos and you send it to me, I'll post it on the WhatsApp page. You will prophesy in a way you have never prophesied like that. You will, you, oh Jesus. If you are called into ministry, get ready. If it is dimensions of wealth, what believe 
believe. We are all going to fetch water and put it in either a bucket or a basin and we will anoint that water and carry out with that assignment. What will happen? What will happen? Get this. Many of us from the time we were born till now, our pastors have not even spoken about feet washing. Some of you could they speak against it. The pastors, they speak against feet washing. And then you call us, so for Congo, Nasa, with the Munko, and the Bayinip. Oh, may God have mercy on us. Do you remember? Hey, let me tell you. Anything that Jesus will say, and he say, if you don't do it, you are not part of him. That thing is very serious and dangerous. You need to take a very, very good notice of that. Don't joke with it. Anoint yourself today. We started a series about feet washing. Wow, that's great. We have entered into a new season. Here. Mostly, I pick the signals from the spirit in the atmosphere, then I engage. There are things that Jesus will say. If you don't do it, you are not part of me. If you don't do it, you are not part of me. Hmm. One of them is the Holy Communion the body which is the flesh and the blood of Jesus mm. Jesus said that if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you are not part of me. Some of you are in churches, they speak against Holy Communion. You don't take communion. And when you take it, you take it once a month. Who told you that? Who told you? They are killing, they are killing God's people. Though. They are killing God's people. And they tell you that you have sinned, so don't come to the communion table. You have sinned. You have sinned, so don't come. What is the original purpose of the blood? Is it not to cleanse sins? When we talk about matters like this, you see, you are speaking heresy. Okay, when we all go and stand before the Lord, and he judges us, we will all know. That which is supposed to give you life, which is the life of God, so that it can move you out of the life of sin and death. You don't want to take it. If sin is taking you away from God's table, then my dear, understand that you forever stay outside the table. Because sin, ah, even those that are with the Lord, they fall and they rise again. Even those that are with the Lord, they fall and rise So it has made a lot of people come to the, the table of the Lord with self-righteousness. 
So those that will come to the table and eat on Sunday think that they are the most righteous people in the church. They lift their shoulders. Look at you, Pharisees all over. Listen, there are two things Jesus said. If you don't partake in it, you are not part of him. The first one is the Holy Communion. The first one is the Holy Communion. Two things Jesus said. If you don't partake of those, you are not part of him. The first one is the Holy Communion. It is called the Eucharist. The body, the flesh of the Lord Jesus and his blood. And the second one is feet washing. God bless you. Today we just made a foundation. God willing, um, tomorrow we are going to build upon that foundation and complete it. So please, um, this night we are meeting for priesthood time, exactly 12 a.m. GMT. Join us as we fire prayer. And um, I will communicate to us um, the moment we are going to get there. Um, we are going to do the feet washing. Honestly, it will surely be tomorrow's priesthood time because if we do it lunch prayer fire time there are many of you who will be at work some of you will be at so many places you can't do it but as of that time at least um, you can join us and even if you are not in Ghana and the time beats you at least we will record it and um, post it so that you can also I'm believing God I'm going to do it for um, three consecutive priesthood times so um Try. If you miss one, come the other one and join. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And it will help us. And maybe if during lunch prayer fire time too, you will be you'll be at home. When you are outside Ghana, I can also let you get the water and I'll provide them. You continue with it. Oh, you will come back with amazing testimonies. I'm telling you. Amazing testimonies. I wish we were all in one church that um, by understanding I was your pastor washing your feet you would have gone back home and returned with mind-blowing miracles and testimonies but I strongly believe that distance is not a barrier the spirit of the Lord cannot be caged he will do his work even as he has purposed in Jesus precious mighty name amen God bless you and keep all of you strong in Jesus precious mighty name. Right after here, I'm going to upload the message on Podbean. So if you want to download, you can download. Kindly share the message link. Most of you don't do it. Once you listen to the message, share it to somebody else and let them know that the Lord is blessing you through this wonderful message. My daughter, um, Beatrice, it's been a long time. I hope everything is fine now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And all my fellow NSS, National Service people, um, I wish all of you well. Don't go and fall in love with your bosses. Stay focused. Stay focused. Go and save the nation. You have a, a nice boyfriend that he wants to marry you. Don't go and fool around at, an, at, a, at somebody's office. You are not the only person that have gone there. You have broken hearts. this way. Blessing people will lose, yeah. They will just walk oh, national service. You are going to fall in love. What is wrong with you? National service, one year, pet. one year love. You finish now, nah, it tear your eye top. Waste of time, 
you just go your boss says you are too beautiful when i see you do you know the number of girls that he has told them that same thing the number of girls that came to do national service that is a, it's an anthem don't go and fall into that open your eyes that your boyfriend that is trying to help you small swamming na mo bompa and keep him on and come my boss will be our done the care be na down some of when you see cars your your brain just gets jammed open your eyes may god help you i don't know i think me bow this story pa it's just 559 you are going to be 559 ghana cedis it's not any big money you think you can save <laughs> they don't know we always said it we we'll see that five five nine we'll save we'll save yeah when the month had not ended craft for the money to come near the cap she can buy a near t near sir yes i'll back to square zero you know why for your knees you come there you need to get to see castles to come there god bless you <laughs> The Lord bless you all and keep you strong. In Jesus' precious mighty name, Amen. All right, we are going to meet this night for priesthood time. The Lord bless. My son, come a wa fusu. Asofu, adin shawati. God bless you. My regards to everybody over there. God willing, next year we are coming with fire. We are coming to Rochester with fire. We will move to Texas, then we will come to New York for some time. The Lord will do amazing things. God bless you all and keep you strong. Keep supporting the work of God. And the number is 0240312551. Keep supporting. The Lord will be a great blessing to your life. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Alright, we'll surely meet this night as peaceful time. Shalom. Bye-bye.